Welcome to PlayEDH Radio 903.1, a podcast brought to you by the PlayEDH Discord server, the world's biggest webcam Magic the Gathering community. In our episodes, we'll discuss new sets, deck building strategies, and much, much more in the world of Magic the Gathering. You can find past episodes, articles about Commander, a link to our Discord, and our Patreon on playdh.com. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome to Play EDH Radio 903.1. I'm your host, Necro, and with me today, as always, two fantastic co-hosts. Uh, first up, Sedelio. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here once again. Excited to uh, talk about to today's show. So with me joining as well, Duke. Hello, I'm Duke, and today's episode is sponsored by Rakunami Armory, the best small arm dealers you'll find this side of Nukapena. <laughs> 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 love all these sponsors, man. This show's very popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love I'm, it. I'm, I'm getting the old money here, man. Right. <laughs> um, as you might have guessed from uh, from the little tagline there, we are talking about the newest set, the newest Magic the Gathering set, Streets of New Capenna. Um, it's going to be a set review. We're just going to be talking about cards within the set, and we have another episode coming out or maybe it'll already be out before this one, not really sure, but anyway, we have a separate set for the um, Streets of New Capenna Commander product. So today's just gonna be set cards. Um, we're gonna just jump right into it. No sense in wasting time. We're gonna talk about the five heads of the different uh, crime families. Um, so oh yeah. The big bads. Yeah, 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 the big, the big dudes. The big, the head honchos of each crime family. Um, uh, Sedelio, if you wanna, take us off into this uh, this first card here. Sure. So we have the Broker family. We have Falco, Spara, Pact Weaver, uh, A4 mana, uh, Band Commander, Bird Demon, 3-3, three, three, uh, Flies, Tramples, and enters with the Shield Counter. So Shield Counter is if the creature would be destroyed or would take damage, you remove the Shield Counter instead. Uh, has an alright ability. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library at any time and you may cast spells from the top of the library by removing a counter from a creature you control in addition to paying their costs. So, in my opinion, uh, the last part kind of makes it a little mm, because you have to remove counters, so you need to have those, but I guess it's the art is nice at least. Uh, what do you think about it, Necro? Um, I do like the art. I will say we're looking at the... I forget what the border is called, but the... Golden Age. The Golden Age borders. That's, that's the art and stuff we're looking at. I I like the art. The art's cool. I think the the creature is um, like the card itself is is pretty. It's pretty neat. Um, I do agree. Like having to have the counter, the counters available to cast the spells. It obviously it makes it a little bit more limited, but it is already a three three flying trample indestructible technically because of the shield counter, um, which gives you extra information from looking at the top and like the added benefit of being able to cast something um we'll talk about it more in the commander product but the brokers precon has a lot of counter synergy so right. i think there's i think there's going to be enough support to make it pretty reasonable for that last ability but it definitely does limit it some shield count is just really cool to me the as a fan of counters <clears throat> across the multiverse yeah. Shield yeah. is a really cool playset. Yeah, they're they're pretty like, cool. Th that design space is awesome. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And for all the people that are like, it's totem armor. No, it's not. It's not. It's similar, but it's not. Oh yes, but actually yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Shield the shield uh, counters they get removed if the creature takes damage, 
at all, not even like non-lethal damage, or if it would be destroyed. Totem armor is just, if it would be destroyed, you, the totem armor thing falls off. So it's, no, it's not the same because <laughs> it matters. All right, Necro, <laughs> uh, you want to take over the Cabaretti? Oh, I would and... love to. This is one of my personal picks for the entire set. Um, this is the Cabaretti legendary creature cat demon, Jetmir Nexus of Revels, Mr. Party Pants himself. Um, he's <laughs> a colorless and Cabaretti, a.k.a. Naya, colors uh, for a 5-4 cat demon. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0 oh, and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0 oh, and have trample as long as you control six or more creatures. And a final line of text here, creatures you control also get plus one, plus O, oh, and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. Um, this... Oh, is that all? That's, that's it. That's that, all it does. That's all it does. Nothing more. That doesn't seem like enough to me. It seems like you could get so much more. <laughs> In seriousness, this is a ridiculous amount of value if you can get the board state. But with Naya Colors, you have that protection. You've got white and green for your board state, so Yes, he is nuts. In my opinion, and it might be a hot take, people might not agree with me, whatever, I honestly think he's probably one of the strongest, like, static um, uh, static anthem effects that we've, like, seen printed ever. I mean, and it's not hard, as you mentioned, Duke, to get a board state to turn on one or two or even all three of these Um you know, anthem effects. Yeah, I honestly so. think I agree. Yeah, I it, love it. There's so much power in this one cat. And when, like, just the cat demon and the art, also, it's it's everything. And also, I guess it was a part of the design space, of course, because it's Naya colors, but all the token support is right there, and even haste enablers and stuff. So you can make a wide army out of nowhere and just go ham. He's one cool cat. Okay, uh, Duke, if you want to talk, tell us about the next commander. I sure can. Here we have the Head of the Maestros, Lord Xander the Collector. For generic and Grixis, for a legendary creature, Vampire Demon Noble. He is a 6-6. When he ETBs, target opponent discards half the cards in their hand, rounded down. When he attacks, defending player mills half their library, rounded down. When Lord Xander dies, target opponent sacrifices half the non-land creature permanents they control, rounded down. There's a lot of, like, halves on this card, and it's probably got a fair amount of talking about, probably the most talking about, out of all the heads. Because there's a lot of people who dislike it, but a lot of people who want to make it work. I'm of the opinion that it just, it's not really that strong. It's scary, sure, but... They play this and then, what, one person's milled out by half? With the amount of graveyard stuff around, that seems detriment. Right. Um, for me, I think... Oh, so he, it just has, like, the inherent salt factor, right? Like, it's just the, line, the, the things that the card does is inherently going to make someone in a game salty. And so people on the internet have been all gung-ho about like this is the next card on the ban list whatever i don't it's not that bad it's really not that strong what i will say though is i as soon as like reading his text i decided i windmill slammed him into my marchesa the black rose deck because i can very easily loop a creature two or three times in a turn like routinely yeah 
Um, and his his attack trigger, I think personally, is the worst one because um, all it really does is fuel graveyard decks. And like, you can say like, oh, we'll just don't don't attack the graveyard player. But these days, just about everybody is doing not necessarily maybe not you know working around their graveyard but there's going to be recursion there's going to be stuff you're you're at least fueling something later on down the road probably like i knew even my mono red deck is some people could call it a, a graveyard deck because it plays pass and flames and underworld breach like please hit me with something and mill half my library i would actually love that <laughs> you know and it doesn't feel at face value someone playing lord xander might think oh i'll hit the mono red because they can't do anything about it and i'm like secretly like this is amazing so um yeah he he has his applications but not nearly as like the big rattlesnake that people think he is excuse me while i go buy another 10 copies of scavenger grounds thank you nope don't don't <laughs> do that don't you dare yeah i mean about like lord xander it's expensive i think this is better as a reanimation target than as a commander but it's it's seven mana and for seven mana you have like quite a bit of stronger options overall so it's certainly a strong card, but I don't personally. I don't see it as being that problematic. The only iffy thing is the target opponent. So always someone who's getting targeted, they will probably feel a bit bad about it. But it's threat assessment, assess, assessment so yeah. no worries there, in my opinion. Definitely. The best part about the card is he has a cool theme song. <laughs> I don't think anyone could disagree with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Sedelio, how about you lead us off for the next one? Sure. So we have the Obscura family, and leading it is for Esper mana, uh, Raffine, Skemming Seer, uh, Sphinx Demon, Flying Ward 1, 1-4. One uh, short and sweet ability, whenever you attack, target attacking creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. So connives says, uh, draw N cards, then discard N cards, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on this creature for each non-land card discarded this way. So essentially, you're, you get to filter through your deck a bit, and you get to like make a creature bigger. So uh, nothing special here, I think. Uh, it just the I I always like cards that are three CMC. Something about them just feels nice, and especially if it's like three colored, so it feels visually pleasing. So uh, card itself isn't too interesting, in my opinion. Uh, what do you think about it, Necro? Um. I'll be honest with you, I'm actually kind of high on Rafine. I, I like it a lot. There's been some um, some Max brews that we've seen coming around. Um, I think she's she's really cool. Like it's not it's not the most amazing card in the set. I don't think not even by a long shot. But what she does enable, at least in terms of, I mean, I guess really any power level. But what a lot of people are looking at her for Max is she enables a like a esper draw go type playstyle actually really well because she's being one four she's like and flying she's a relevant blocker um kind of has a big butt she can stop some stuff that's going to come your way and then also having ward one that just in being inherently a little bit more difficult to remove um and then also um having you know a, a an engine like a card draw engine just built into her card advantage even if it's one card even if it's the connive x is really connive one because you're attacking with one creature with her because she has flying and will probably get over most of most of what's out there um so a lot of people are taking that kind of draw go control strategy with her and i think it's pretty cool 
Um, <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, I, I like her. I think she's really sweet, and I might I might end up toying around with some kind of build for her. Probably not for max power, for me personally, um, just because I have my own <laughs> I have my own lane of max power that I really enjoy right now. Um, but anyway, yeah, I like her. What about you, dude? When Rafine got spoiled, I was actually initially looking at her to be a new modular uh, deck com oh, commander. Interesting. I didn't go for it in the end. There's a different brew I'm working on for modular. But she came quite close just because Esper is fantastic for sort of artifact decks. Yeah. So that alone gave it, and with a decent head at the uh, command zone that cared about counters and also card draw, mm, yeah. it, it was a pretty good com like candidate for that sort of stuff. Again, didn't go for it in the end, but yeah. That's interesting because Connive does put a counter, right? It's draw, discard, it and does. put a counter. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's neat. Actually, I like that a lot. That's that's pretty cool. She seems she seems pretty comfy for like a build like that. So. All right, uh, Necro, why don't you you go over the last? Is it the last one of the families? This is the last one. Yes. This is the, the last, last head of the family. But it is the most riveting. That's hey, that's. I'm glad you said that because I honestly forgot the name of the family for a second, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna figure it out. And then I, it's in, it's on the same page I'm looking at anyway. But whatever. Um. So, um. This is the last one. This could be the head of the Riveteers crime family. So you have Zia, Zia Tora the Incinerator, three colorless and Jund colors for a legendary creature, Demon Dragon six six flyer. At the beginning of your instep, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, Zeotora the Incinerator deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target, and you create three treasure tokens. So, off the bat, I, I'm i not, like, super in love with this commander. However, what I will say is I've been toying around with the idea of, like, a Jund control, like, super grindy mid-range Jund deck and upon reading her ability again I think I kind of like it because Jund can make a lot of small little you know fodder like goblin tokens what kobolds whatever you want to make with it and even if the damage you're dealing with Zeotora is not super relevant like you might kill a mana dork making three treasure tokens is nothing to scoff at so I don't know what do you guys think? Uh, I think, like, because it makes three tre three treasures, uh, that makes it so much more appealing than just being, like, one treasure token, for example. Uh, I do think it's a nice grindy kind of commander, and uh, just itself, the body is pretty big, so uh, it being six mana makes it so much more appealing than being seven mana, for example. So I think if you have the access to colors and you maybe have, like, dark ritual or something, you can get this out already once you've gotten it out you get the three tre treasures at the end step unless it's removed so uh, I do like the design actually. Uh, what about you Duke? I like the design, I like the ability the only thing is it's, it has a very big competitor in the name of Korvold for sort of big right. dragon mm. jund commander I like I like yeah, Zitora, right. don't get me wrong but I'd rather pick Korvold in most cases as the commander yeah, I think that's... Yep. Uh, I, I agree with that. And it's something that is kind of always sad to look at when we get, like, new cool legends and when you compare it in the same colors to something else. In most cases, there's a better alternative already, but I always like to still think, like, if you don't want to go for the uh, optimal thing or 
go for the cookie cutter thing, I think it's still like one of those commanders that uh, is interesting here. Absolutely. But I do agree. I agree with you, yeah. Duke. But the thing is, like, yeah. both of them will <laughs> want the other in their deck, almost certainly. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, like, Corvold set the bar really, really it sure high. Did. For, like, yeah. So most of the things that we're going to see, you know, down the road, I, I I, can't even really think of a card that would come out that would be it, stronger than Corvold. It's more so um, what Corvold does is yeah. similar enough to Zeatora, but done better. There's definitely other jump commanders out right. there that do different things. Like, probably some better than Corvold. Bless me, I know, but... Yeah. Well, I, it's not the same. Not in the same color identity, but a very recent, like, close example of this, and I won't... I'll try not to drag on too much about it, but um, uh, Shorakai, as you both know, is very near and dear to my heart for multiple Never reasons. Um, oh, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> he, he kind of um, just has that effect where it's just such a strong card that you can really put it at the helm of most Azorius decks and and play the deck the same way. Um, in terms of, like, it, with the exception of probably, like, something really specific like Hannah, Ship's Navigator, or, like, a super hardcore control deck with Grand Augustine the Fourth or something like that. But anyway, um, I think Corvold has somewhat of a similar warping effect, but it is a more diversified like color combination, having the third color. Um so I do agree with you too. Yeah. There's Corvold is really, really strong in terms of jun like just general jund things, but there are like other yeah. other commanders out there that do something specific to what they want to do that Corvold can't. The only thing so, I want to anyway. see from Zeatora in the future <laughs> is a Trogdor altar for Trogdor the Incinerator. Mm, yep, that would be good. <laughs> if it hasn't been done already. Um Right. Okay. Um well I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda pass the torch over here to you, Duke, and we'll since we finished talking about the heads of the families, I'm curious if there are any other like um any other legends maybe in the same color identities that are I know that there is one, but um anything that you really wanna cover, I guess, in terms of other legends in the set. My interesting choice for Commander to talk about here is Ginny Fey, Jetmir's second. It has a hybrid mana red-green, green, and then green-white hybrid, which is a very unique mana cast out there. And her effect is rather basic. It says, if you would create one or more tokens, you may instead create that many 2-2 green cat creature tokens with haste, or that many 3-1 green dog creature tokens with vigilance. That is such a simple effect, but because it's so simple, there is so much application out there for this. <laughs> so many little cards that only made like one little token, you can now make a decent body out of. Or even if right. you throw like Avenger of Zendikar, suddenly, instead of your little zero one plants that can't attack this turn, you can make them all hasty cats to just swing out the right. same turn you play it. I like hasty cats. Yeah. Hasty cats are cool, and she makes she makes good boys too. So, yes, um, she. Uh, yeah, I may be reviled for this really, to point really out, cool. but she does also make skull clampable tokens. Yes. Yeah. Oh right. I, I I look. I I I I won't crucify you for that. I know some people will, but I made a Tevish Yoshimaru deck, so I I'm <laughs> right, not gonna. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I can't. I have no room to to talk. But yeah, the, um, and uh, out of all the commands in the set. This is the one I'm brewing, 
I've actually bought a high power deck for this. Because oh, you can take something. Mm -hmm. The, the Darkseid Extortionist, yes. Put in as T-Burst Sabertooth, for example, and suddenly you have infinite cats. Oh, yes. Oh, you can yeah. also utilize things yeah. like Cryptolith Right. Suddenly any sort of little token now makes you mana. Oh, right, because you just make the cats with mm -hmm. haste and then tap them with the... That's pretty There's sweet. There's a lot of yeah, yeah, unique tech. It, the worst thing about brewing this commander was finding all these cool cards and thinking, oh, that could work. No, it won't work for high. It's too slow. Like, yeah, search the premises. Right. Whenever someone attacks you, you investigate. No, you don't. You make a dog. <laughs> you, right. make, you make guard dogs. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But yeah, I like the designs. Really uh, it's it's a nice take that you can make like all your different uh, tokens, like treasures, for example, into the creatures. So I, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, she's she's really cool. I'm a big fan. Um, how about you, Sidelio? Is there a, uh, a random legend floating around in the set that you want to talk to us yeah, about? Yeah, shortly. Uh, it's from the Cabaretti family as well, so the last legend here. Uh, <laughs> Rocco, Cabaretti, Cater, uh, X, and Naya Colors. Uh, when it ETBs, uh, if you cast it, you search your library for a creature card with mana value X or less and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. So um, a tutor kind of commander. Uh, I think this is fun because uh, EDH is a singleton, singleton format, so uh, you can build a toolboxy deck for this. Uh, the obvious thing is like you could get Dockside for this when you pay 5 mana for it, uh, but it's uh, it's something that I think is likely nice to build, even if you're just doing it for like bringing out your favorite creatures and stuff, but uh, nothing too explosive due to it not being uh, cheaper, in the sense that it's for example, Dockside, you pay 5 mana if you want to do go through this. So uh, just wanted to throw yeah. it out there. It's a nice effect. Yeah, he's pretty cool. And there's there are a few max decks floating around there with Rocco at the helm, which I don't think a lot of people expected. But <laughs> um, there's some pretty cool combos. There's some pretty cool things that you can do with, like, food yeah, chain. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Cloudstone like Curio, um, just keep bouncing so, that Dockside, suddenly yeah. you your entire deck. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. A lot of things there. Well, I um I'll be honest with you. I don't think that we could get away without at least some of us having like our DMs absolutely flooded by some people on the server. If we don't mention this this one last legendary that we're going to talk about, there are others in the in the set and they're cool. If you like them, that's awesome. We just didn't really want to talk about them today, but we have to talk about this one. Um, mainly because she's really awesome, and also she was our spoiler card from Wizards of the Coast. Oh, yes. Thank you very much, Wizards, for this. We, as an EDH server, we really, really appreciate getting legendary creatures um, for obvious reasons. So anyway, um, this is the Uncommon Maestro's legendary creature, uh, Cormella Glamour Thief, a colorless and Grixis um, for a vampire rogue, and she has haste, which is super relevant here. But her ability, she has two two different lines of text. Um, pay a colorless and tap her. Add Grixis to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast instant and or sorcery spells. And then she also says, when Cormella Glamour Thief dies, return up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. So, right off the bat, a mana torque that is mana positive. Granted, it's only for instant and sorcery spells. And she has haste is like nuts off the bat right even without that last line of text she would be like really really sweet um there are already a bunch of brews for all different power levels including max power because she's 
this card is just busted nine ways to Sunday. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but she yeah. is absolutely awesome. What do you guys think about her? Uh, Carmela is super sweet. Uh, since she has haste, it makes everything so much easier. Uh, as she comes down, you can already tap her and activate her. Uh, if you make, like, there's so many avenues to just go about this. Like, if you want to make, for example, a clone, like Cackling Counterpart or something, uh, you can mm -hmm. keep the uh, uh, token copy that's untapped, uh, the original Carmela dice, you can return something, uh, and just, like, uh, if you go, like, Dramatic Reversal, you untap her, and then you tap her again. Uh, there's There's so much here, and I'm eager to see all the different kinds of builds we get to build for this, uh, especially the max power one, because Grixis already is a super, super strong color combination, so seeing what Cormella can bring to the table is exciting for me. Uh, what about you, Duke? It's funny you should mention the tokens, because I was actually going to mention something similar in that similar line. We've saw in half from the Infinity set coming soon. That card turns her into a self-sufficient loop with a ritual. Because you can just saw Ooh. in half, you'll get two of them, you can then grab saw in half, because at that point it's probably resolved, and mm -hmm. then you can just loop the ritual as well with the other one. There's so much potential with that little combo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she is, um... Gosh, she's so, she's so sweet, man. There's so many things you can do with this commander. Um, so, yeah, uh, once again... I, I know I already said it, but thank you very much, Wizards, if you guys listen to this. Um, we really, really appreciate it. We were, everybody was like, we were just, I, w I don't know about you guys, I can speak for myself, I was losing my mind when I saw that this yeah, was yeah. our spoiler card. And we, I was like, oh my god! I was I know at least a few people who were in my stead. Right. <laughs> and also, like, just like, as a past shout-out, also, uh, especially like, Hallbreaker Horror, it was such a cool spoiler to mm. have. Like, I think we've gotten really, really, really nice stuff uh, to spoil. So thank you so much, Wizards, for it. Yeah, we have. And Don't more discount the Kamigawa to... one we got too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten, we've gotten. They've given us some, some heaters, and <laughs> we appreciate it for sure. Um, so moving on from the legends of the set, there are a few cycles we wanted to go over real quick. Um, just as a side note, they did finish the Triome set in this in this set. So we got the um, we we got the you know the other half of the Triomes from the Ikoria set. Um, these are not actually called Triomes, but people are going to call them Triomes anyway. Right. Yep. Um, just because like that's what they're called, <laughs> it just makes sense. But anyway, you have the the, yeah, the fetchable. This just for anyone who isn't clear and isn't aware, the triomes are um, the from Ikoria and now from this set, a set of lands that have three basic land types. So I'll just do one real quick. Jetmere's Garden um, is a land with the subtype Mountain Forest Plains. Um, it does enter the battlefield tapped, but it also has cycling three. So the biggest, the obviously the biggest like draw to these is that they are fetchable. Right. So. Anyway, they finished that whole cycle, which is really nice to see. We appreciate that. Awesome. Um, moving on, we have the Ascendancies and the Charms are like the two other kind of cycles in the set. Um, Sedelio, why don't you pick one of those to kind of like get us into it? So, uh, the Charm cycle we have, uh, these are the three color uh, instants we have. Uh, we've had different kinds of Charms in the past as well. Uh, but here, like for example, uh, Esper Charm and stuff like that. Uh, so we have 
the different charms for the families, and all of them have three options you can choose from. Uh, you only choose one, but for example, a Broker's Charm, which is the banned one, is an instant and choose one target creature you control gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls. Destroy target enchantment, draw two cards. So uh, most of these cards are like, they have some modes that are a little meh, but overall, uh, if even one of these have like a good effect and you have some options that are also solid, uh, I think it makes them even more appealing. But uh, overall, I think, for example, the Broker's Charm isn't too exciting. Um, do you guys have a favorite out of the Charm Cycle? Necro, maybe? Um, uh, honestly, I think the Obscura Charm is probably my favorite, um, which is the Esper Charm. Um, again, three modes. Choose one. Return target multicolored permanent card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped or counter target instant or sorcery spell, or you can destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. Um, it is, it, obviously it's limited for certain reasons, but I mean, it is a three mana, you know, counter spell for instance or sorceries, which isn't the worst, not necessarily what you want to be playing, but it's fine. Um, I, me personally, I like like the charm cycles and stuff that we've seen in the past like this, just because I am an absolute sucker for modal spells. Right. Um, yeah. Because you you have three different spells in one, depending on you know what you need at the moment. Um, so flexibility is a, is just a huge thing for me. I feel like I say that almost every set review we cover because <laughs> there's something that has a modal ability, um, and I can't harp enough about it just because it it's very very important. You know, you can play. Let's say you can play cancel. Or you can play this card. This card's just better yeah. if you're in this color identity. So, like, um, yeah, I like it. I think all three abilities on Obscura Charm are relevant in just about every game, as opposed to um, some of the other charms where, like, some ability might not be as relevant. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Obscura Charm is the best, in my opinion, out of these, because, as you mentioned, the three lines of text are all kind of relevant, whereas our other charms don't pack maybe as much uh, power in all of those effects. Uh, what about you, Duke? Do you have I actually disagree with you two on this one. I think the strongest is the Riveteer's charm. Interesting. Spicy. Target opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker they control with the highest mana value amongst creatures and planeswalkers they control. Exile the top three cards of your library. Until your next end step, you may play those cards. And exile target player's graveyard. Oh, look at that. Grave hate. Ooh. You can tell I value Grave Hate a lot, to be honest, but all three of these options, like, having a high... A ma I've honestly kind of highly value stuff like Sacrifice, your biggest thing on your board. More often than not, that's probably someone's commando in lower power games, right? Or their biggest beater? So that, that's gone. I do. I, I I have to say about the charm. Um, I I'm not personally really high on effects that like sacrifice your your highest thing, um, because that mode is sort of dead in earlier parts of the game. I think. I mean, you don't want to use it just to get rid of a mana dork. Um, but the saving grace for Riveteer's charm for me, and I I think I would have to say it's probably my second favorite. Um, are the last two abilities the exile the top three i feel like three is a really big number there um because it's big enough to be relevant and then obviously grave hate is you you really 
I, I don't want to say you can't have enough because there is so much there is such a thing as too much but having more gray paint available and like the flexibility for that I think is important because I don't really I'll be honest I don't really run that much gray paint just personally I just I always forget about it and I don't I just don't think to do it but having it on a spell like this that I might use for something else and just having it available is cool like I play Rakdos Charm in just about every deck that can play Rakdos Charm because it has the grave hate, yeah. but it also like I've killed several people with the other ability to each creature deals damage to its controller for whatever. Um, it has that flexibility, so like I play it, and Riveteer's Charm kind of falls in that same vein, at least for me. What do you think, uh, Sidelio, about the Riveteer Charm? Uh, I think the thing that makes uh, me not like Riveteer's Charm that much is the target opponent. Uh, for the like target player's graveyard and the target opponent sacrifices if it was like a symmetric thing or even asymmetric like just your opponents uh, it would be much more appealing for me uh, I do think that grave hate is always good but I think grave hate we even in this set we've gotten uh, some spicy new additions in that, uh, that that category and I think Duke is later gonna talk about one of them but for example like soul guide lantern is a favorite of mine and I think if you're looking at Grave Hate, there are better options. But I do like the Exile effect, the second ability. You just have to use it uh, mindfully because it's until your next end step, not Fair until enough. your next turn's end step, which is something that some of the Exile effects have, yeah. but not super high on this card myself. Gotcha. Well, hey, different strokes for different folks. Um, the, yeah. the other cycle, and we're going to try to move on, kind of quickly here um the other cycle is going to be the ascendancies um so i believe yeah this is they, they finished this cycle as well because this was still a hive cycle from the tarkir block if i remember correctly um i'll um i'll kind of jump into one here real quick so we have um let's see which one do i want to do i guess i'll do the yeah i'll do the, the maestro's ascendancy it's kind of cool um so all of these ascendancies are enchantments and they just have their regular three color yeah, casting cost um so you know depending on what what sh um is it shard are they shards um i think it's shards i always mix them up anyway yeah right correct um <laughs> so yeah anyway uh maestro's ascendancy grixis mana once during each of your turns you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard by sacrificing a creature in addition to paying its other costs if a spell cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So, kind of like a permanent flashback for your instance or sorceries, as long as you have something to sack to it. Um, you can only cast one spell, but like, I don't know, it, it's cool. I like it, I think it's a it's a pretty sweet card. It's not going to see, you know, tons of play all around. It have to be in the right deck, but I think in the right deck, being able to rebuy, like, Let's say, for example, if I had a in my Kess deck, my Kess Storm deck, I'd probably throw this in there, and you know, getting to rebuy a Jessica's Will or cast a Jessica's Will twice in a turn seems pretty sweet to me. Vile. So disgusting. Yeah. Get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think, Duke? How do you feel about the this ascendancy? This one is pretty good, to be honest. I feel it's limited in the fact that it's Grixis colors. But as you said, Kess is Grixis, that's probably the premier spellcaster. Cormella is Grixis, too. Yep, that too. <laughs> Cormella is also um, there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I like it, I'm just a bit whelmed by it. 
Gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, myself, I think, due to the sacrifice part, I don't feel uh, too warm about it. Like, if it was once per turn you may cast an instant or sorcery, blah, 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 uh, then I'd like it more. But I guess if you have stuff to sack, then it's pretty okay, but not super high on it personally. Gotcha. Do you have a favorite ascendancy amongst the cycle? Oh, yes. Uh, Riveteer's ascendancy. So we have the Jund one. Uh, whenever you sacrifice a creature, you may return target creature card with lesser mana value from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. You can only do this once per turn, but this card is in the exact right colors and it has so much power and I kind of wish I was a, uh, like I had a Jund deck because of this. Now just look at Korvold and look at every single creature and all the synergy they have for sacrificing and then just look at Dockside and the 2 CMC cost, or 2 mana value rather. If you sacrifice, like, uh, like it's so good. If you, for example, uh, Plague Crafter says that you sacrifice a creature. If you play, you have this out, you play Plague Crafter, you choose to sacrifice Plague Crafter, you return Dockside out, You've cleared your opponent's creatures and you've just made a ton of mana and it's... Uh, I just love it. Uh, what do you think about it, Duke? I'm just very happy it's got to do this only once each turn. It's very powerful yeah. for its effect and it, I feel like it had to have that, you know? If it didn't, this yeah. would be by far the strongest of the five. It does have the best art of the five, though, because it's a reference to uh, to old-style art such as this. Um, it's. That, yes. I think it's actually a... I, and I might, I don't know if it's been confirmed by like the art director, but I, I just looked it up to say their correct name. But I'm pretty sure that it's a direct reference to um, the famous photo taken in 1932, lunch atop a skyscraper. Um, mm, right. I believe that's what it's, it's, I mean, if you look at them side by side, they're... they're it's at the very least a reference, right? Yeah, it's not identical because it, it is a slightly different angle in the art here versus the photograph, but it's uncanny the similarity so um really cool i absolutely love this card for the reasons you guys pointed out i don't have much more to add other than saying it's awesome and i think it is the best one personally <laughs> well put well put duke do you have any favorite one out of the ascendancies i i quite like a lot of them to be honest like a lot of the smaller ones in need i think my favorite just of weird effects is the obscure ascendancy Whenever you cast a spell, if its mana value is equal to 1 plus the number of soul counters on Obscure Ascendancy, put a soul counter on Obscure Ascendancy. Then create a 2-2 white spirit token with flying. As long as there are 5 or more soul counters on Obscure Ascendancy, spirits you control get plus 3 plus 3. It's a bit of an odd one. I don't think it's necessarily powerful. I just really like that effect. It's a very unique effect for that sort of tribe. Because it relies on... Yeah casting spells in terms of the mana count but when it gets to that like with spirits you typically go wide and though the, the esper colors are probably the best for spirits because you get both azurus zorius and orzov spirits yeah like i i think the charm is uh, sorry uh, ascendancy is really interesting because it's kind of it, it's so narrow that it's not like creature tokens you control get plus one plus one or something it's it's literally like spirits here it buffs spirits and 
I always liked spirits as a design. I think many of them have really nice effects. For example, like Spell Queller is a really good card in 1v1 formats at least. And I think something to consider is that um, in spirit decks, I think this will be a pretty nice addition. And I do like the art also. It, it has a nice flavor to it. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, what do you think about it, Necro? Um, yeah, I'm 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 on board. I I have to agree with uh, with Duke. It is kind of odd. It's a little off the beat. It's it's something. It's one of those cards that's gonna be, it's gonna perform well. It's gonna do its its thing, but it's gonna do it in the right deck. So you've got to you got to play it with the intention of of using it and you know and making good use of it. But as long as you do, it's it's reasonable. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty. I also want to be a bit blasphemous here and point out, I think it's going to be really strong in standard, considering we just got three spirit yeah, sets in a row. So. Oh, could yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say, I'll, I'll I'll do the Duke thing here and just uh, put word it this way, that this ascendancy is pretty obscure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> How dare you take it? Um, dare you. <laughs> all right. Well, um, with all that being said, I think we have time real quick to each uh, pick a card that you're a really big fan of and really want to like gush over for a minute. We can kind of talk about. Um, I'll start if you guys don't mind. I have mine picked. Um, there Go are right a, ahead. there's a lot of cards on my list that I really wanted to talk about, um, and I'm sad I'm not going to be able to get to talk about all of them, but. The one that I definitely want to make sure I mention is a mono-red, surprise, surprise, enchantment, arcane bombardment. <laughs> um, four colorless <laughs> and two red. There's a lot of text on here, so bear with me. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, exile an instant or sorcery card at random from your graveyard. Then copy each card exiled with arcane bombardment. You may cast any number of those copies without paying their mana costs. So, there's a lot to digest there. There are some things that I don't love about this card. For example, it only triggers on the first spell. That ha it, it, Granted, that makes it fair, but I want it to not be fair. Um, and also that it <laughs> exiles at random. All of those things aside, I absolutely love it. And I'm going to put it in my low storm deck because it likes to just cast spells over the course of several turns. And then just absolutely going nuts with this thing sounds like an absolute blast. This is my um, Sunbird's Invocation. This this is for me. Right. That's, that's, yeah, this is the Spellslinger Sunbird's Invocation. I love it. What do you guys think? Uh, personally, I do love it. I like this as um, there is the five mana red creature that randomly returns uh, a sorcery or instant to your hand from your grave. Uh, so I think this has the kind of same randomness vibe where you can uh, gain value from just like it sitting around. And I think this is like by miles a better card. Uh, and I do like this over Sunburst invoc Invocation because this just seems so fun to me. And uh, if you can manipulate your own graveyard, uh, it makes it all the, all the better. Like maybe Treasure Cruise or uh, Dig Through Time, you can maybe combine those things. So uh, I like it. What about you, Duke? On the one hand, I need to go get some void mirrors <laughs> to stop this nonsense, because this is going to be ridiculous. On the other hand, this yeah. is going to be ridiculous. My first thought when I saw this was a mm -hmm. Dragon's Approach deck. Because mm -hmm. mm. you'll constantly copy your own Dragon's Approaches. Yep. Like, yes, you'll lose them out of your graveyard, but if you don't care for the Dragon yeah. summon, 
if you just want to do free damage for each time you've cast it's, it, I think that's This does make me kind of rethink my Neheb list, which is a Dragon's Approach list and packs all the juice in there. I think I need to make one slot now that you yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, that seems actually... I... <laughs> Do I say you're welcome? Or <laughs> I uh, I didn't think about that with Dragon's Approach, but yeah, that seems quite actually really gross because you you copy each card that was exiled. So if you have five Dragon's Approaches under there, you get to copy five Dragon's Approaches. Fifteen damage to the board sounds pretty good. Oh my god. Yeah. And that means forty-five mana on Nib. So disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty gross. Thanks, Duke, and also no thanks. <sighs> Why do um, I do this to myself? <laughs> Um, what's your, uh, what's your pick for this set, Duke? My pick is going to be the anti-dragons approach attack here. Because, <laughs> spoilers, it's Gravehang. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Artifact uh -oh. Vehicle Unlicensed Hearse for two mana. You can tap in exile up to two target cards from a single graveyard. Unlicensed Hearse power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards exiled with it. Crew two. Not only is this just a re for what it, the mana value of it, it's a repeatable grave hate for those pesky target cards. But it's just a really fun design that it gets bigger and stronger the more creatures you throw in it. I hate this card. Yeah. <laughs> I love this card. I hate this card so much. Not not like I it's good. I hate it because I just recently got into playing a lot of like really graveyard centric decks and victimize has to be like one of my favorite spells to cast. And this card just mm. says no. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this card I love. I love the fact that you pick this Duke because uh, when I saw this card, I instantly thought about uh, EDH, but also other formats. And I think uh, this is one of the better Grave Hate cards we've gotten uh, in the like most recent sets because uh, it's two target cards and you can repeat it. So uh, it's not like some of the Grave Hate cards are like you have to sacrifice it and then you exile something like someone's whole graveyard once. But I think as it's two target cards, it really messes up with yeah. stuff. So it's I, slow I do in like terms it a lot. of like obviously get rid of someone's whole graveyard, but to get rid of the biggest targets out of there, like say if some reanimator deck has a Kakusho in there, you want that gone. No, no, let me. Keep yeah, it. no. I promise it'll be fine. It won't. I don't trust you. Sedelio, <laughs> um, how about you? What do you what do you like from this set? What's your like one card? All right, uh, I'm gonna have to cut just the shortest corner for two cards. Uh, honorable mention for witness protection, uh, one blue for a fantastic removal aura. Uh, so, uh, enchanted creature, enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green and white citizen creature with base power and toughness. One one named legitimate business person. Uh, I loses think all other this might be my favorite stuff. design piece in the set. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. And the effect is so, so good. Like, we do have a two-mana flash version of this, which is from an older set, but most of these frogify kind of effects are two-mana. So this being just one-mana, I think it's really, really good. And it shuts down because it's a static thing you throw it on an opponent's commander they have to get rid of the aura first or flicker the thing and stuff like that so i love it but i'll mention the true card that i wanted to talk about uh scamming fence which is uh azorius mana uh, for a two three human citizen uh as scamming fence enters the battlefield so not uh, etb but as it enters you may choose an online permanent 
Activated abilities of the chosen permanent can't be activated. Scamming Fence has all activated abilities of the chosen permanent except for loyalty abilities. You may spend mana as though if it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. I'll keep it short and sweet. Your opponent has a Thrasios. Okay, you pay two mana. Now you have a Thrasios. They don't. <laughs> okay, an opponent has a Necropotence. Okay, you pay two mana. Now you have a Necropotence. And just that alone, I think it's so good. And as it's as it enters, your opponent has to react on the stack. Like they can't wait to see what you would be targeting because it doesn't target. So. I love this card. I think it's very, very interesting, and it has so many ways to be utilized, so I'm very high on it. Uh, especially, like, maybe Grand Arbiter decks, stuff like that. It's so good. So I I really, really, really like this card a lot. Um, I don't play any decks that can play it, because my Shorakai list is a Polymorph deck, and it's not worth it for that. However... Um, yeah, this card is absolutely nuts. It's it's probably one of my favorite and easily in my top five favorites in the set. Um, it is really, really, really cool. And there's God, there's so much fun stuff you can do with it. So um, if I have a deck in lower power levels or a different deck in general that can play it, I'll probably slam it in there because it seems really, really strong. I always, as the mono blue player, Thassa player, which I play a lot of the uh, theft effects and clones, uh, this kind of falls into the same category of like your main deck consists of uh, 100 cards uh, with this kind of effects you can kind of make your game plans and your games more versatile like you can play with your opponent's stuff so if you are playing against for example the Thrasios deck you get to use Thrasios and it's it's just I think there's so much to this card like you're gonna have a lot of fun if you're playing this yeah completely agree um, well with all of that said, um, do you guys have any parting thoughts about Streets of New Capenna or anything else you want to share before we uh, sign off here? When it first got revealed, as in way back when I believe the domain name got registered under a different, slightly different name, and it was revealed to be this sort of uh, Art Deco Bioshocky sort of plane, I was honestly concerned. But uh, now that they've revealed it, I think this may be one of their best planes. In terms of like the overall design and feel, I I have to I I won't say that I agree because there are things that I don't like. Like to me, the set feels I feel like there's more like puns or like punny names on a card than like any set we've ever seen before. Oh, yeah. Why and do I, you think I'm I like still, it? Right. <laughs> I mean, it makes perfect <laughs> sense for you. The jury. I I and I I'm not even saying that to say that I dislike that. But at least for me, like, the jury's still out on really how I feel about it in terms of, like, a flavor aspect or, like, the general feel of the set. But th that aside, because I can, I can put that aside when, like, you know, looking at a set, um, I do think it's really cool. And I, I think that they did a good job in, like, the overall design in terms of, like, cards and power level and all that kind of stuff. So I like the set. I am a big fan of it. There's not a whole lot of cards in the set that really, you know, intrigue me. Um, just, I guess maybe it's just it's just not really a set for me in terms of things that I'm looking for. But there's there's still plenty enough to, of things to, like, dig around in and mess with. And, um, yeah, I think overall I think they did a good job. Yeah, I think personally 
I may be more interested in the precons uh, because I think uh, so far what we've seen, I think there are some nice things in there uh, for this set. Uh, I do like them going back to these three color combinations in the form of families. I think it's fun to see. Uh, I'm interested to see how, for example, draft and sealed works out for this kind of a set because there aren't fetch lands here which could like color fix but you do have the triome mm -hmm. so uh, the three mana like the three color things are pretty hard to pull off if you don't have access to a proper mana base so uh, something to keep in mind but overall i think there are some highlights in this set uh, some cards that naturally are more of a filler type but i do love the fact that they have hybrid mana like the hybrid mana then some color and hybrid mana i always like those cards so the hybrid si uh, symbols are super super fun to me yeah. so that's about yeah I, I like the set not my favorite set but i do like it. sweet all right well with all that being said um that concludes our set review like we said there's there's a ton of cards in here that we all wanted to talk about more um there's definitely other things that you know that we could go on and on about um, so if you have any any other things that you want to talk about in terms of the set, you can hit us up on the Discord. Um, other than that, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Play EDH Radio 903.1. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like or a five-star review on your preferred platform. We'd also appreciate it if you could share our show with our friends or on social media. Consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash playedh. If you're already a patron, thank you. Your contributions make all of what we do possible. If you are not already a member, please take a moment to join our Discord. A link can be found on our website at playedh.com. There you will also find articles, interviews, deck techs, and more by members of our staff. Our opening credits music is Meanwhile Beyond and our ending credits is Accelerated Dimensions. Both songs are by the talented Formless Voyager. You can find their work at soundcloud.com slash formlessvoyager and you can support them directly at formlessvoyager.bandcamp.com. All links will be available in the podcast description. <laughs>